welcome back to our newest show. This week with Wendy. Even though it's pouring rain outside, she still made it here. <laughs> Neither wind nor snow or or a little inclement weather can keep this week from Wendy from rolling on here. Wendy is uh, our show host, Wendy Ross. After decades of working in real estate brokerages in Silicon Valley and here in Orange County, she decided it was time to create a different real estate business model. And so she did. That's what gave birth to Veracity Real Estate Company. And the time was certainly right for a renewed commitment to bespoke client advocacy at all price levels. Seldom seen, certainly, at anything but the upper echelons of real estate sales. So Wendy's built a company of data-driven real estate investment advisors who are truth seekers and truth tellers. And the truth be told, well, I'll, I'll let her tell it. Hey, Wendy. Good morning, Paul. Well, I appreciate your extraordinary effort. It feels like a gale, a hurricane today, but you got here, you made it. Who'd you bring with you? Here I today? brought Dr. Regina Lark, and we swam the last half of the way. <laughs> we did. It's really <laughs> wet out there. Yeah. 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 Waves on the 55 freeway. Yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> we, we were surfing our way in. It was, it was an adventure for sure. Well, you made it. So what truths are you going to tell us today here? Oh, you know I'm going to lay some stuff on you. You know, you can count on me to bring you market analysis you won't find anywhere else. And one of the ways I can bring you market analysis that you can't find anywhere else is by surrounding myself with people who are experts and bringing new experiences to the real estate market. So, and talk about a new experience. Uh, who dishes about chronic disorganization, <laughs> hoarding, estate clearing, and uh, senior moves during a luxury real estate talk show? That would be me. Yeah, that's us, darling. So uh, we're going to bring some some new perspective to what happens when moving. Moving isn't always shiny and sexy, and we've got to get professionals around us to uh, help us organize that. So please welcome my guest, Dr. Regina Lark. And let me tell you a little bit about Regina. She started a company called A Clear Path Professional Organizing and Productivity. And as a certified professional organizer or a CPO, she's a specialist in the boomer and senior move management. She has residential organizing and life transitions, and with an additional certification in chronic disorganization, which she's going to have to explain to all of us, she works with clients who are challenged by ADHD, hoarding, procrastination, and time management. So, Regina, obviously, I have so many questions. <laughs> so many questions. Uh, but before I dive in, I'm going to continue with our tradition and frame the real estate market in Orange County. So... As I shared last week, November sales were 15% higher, 15% higher than normal for November, in spite of us having less than half the inventory available to buy. It was just nuts. And looking back this past week, we're kind of in the same trajectory. We added 215 new homes to the market, but 368 went into escrow in the last seven days, 522 sold. So I don't see that we have the momentum yet to keep up with the demand, but let's just see how this susses out. Bear in mind that uh, last December, we sold 3,098 homes, but we had 5,107 listings. That's still an incredible rate of absorption. And normally, we would sell between 30 and 40% of the available inventory. So last December was voracious. And what's intriguing me is that so far this year, we haven't had 5,000 homes available for sale since early August. Mm -hmm. So the odds of us getting there in December, um, it, it's going to be a horse race. So we'll have to stay tuned for that. And what I find interesting is that people are, are stopping me on the streets these days going, okay, we're going into the holidays, so we're going to see sales tapering off at the end of the year. And what's intriguing is that California, and in particular Southern California, we have two peaks 
in the year. We have a peak number of sales in June because kids are out of school. And then we have a second smaller peak in December because we have smart entrepreneurs here who want to close their real estate deals in the same tax year. So let's look for another peak. I think it's going to happen, which just means we're going to have more of the same crazy nonsense. Too many people looking to buy too little stuff. We are anemic inventory. We've got voracious buyers. We've got everything pretty much the same as always. And part of what we're seeing as part of this crush is that we've got individual home buyers and they're competing with institutional buyers in investment funds like Blackstone and Home Partners of America. Um, home Partners of America buys single family residences specifically as rental properties, but they aggregate really large numbers of them. We're also, of course, seeing individuals come up against iBuyers and entities that uh, are buying homes with the intention of flipping them. We've talked at length about Zillow and their iBuyer program, which has been um, shuttered for a little bit, but just know it's going to come back. They need to revisit their pricing algorithms, and when they do, expect to see Zillow back on the market with their iBuying platform. But we still have Redfin and Opendoor doing the same thing. So John and Jane Doe, you are competing with the big guys, and it's going to be um, a horse race through the end of the year. But something I think we all need to keep in mind is if these big institutions who are really smart and have their own economists on board, if they're rushing into the market and they're buying houses, it's probably a smart time to buy a house. They know a lot of stuff. Anyway, that's the market this week. So as you all know, every week I'm, in, I'm asking notable names to join me and to provide a behind-the-scene analysis of what's going on in the real estate market because we know what's going on. And unlike a lot of other professionals, I want you to know what's going on because I know that when you understand what's happening in the market, you're going to make the best possible investment with your own home, and that's going to leverage your family's legacy for success. And as you all know by now, I look at the market a little bit differently, and so do all my guests. We're all just a little bit different. <laughs> so we're talking about what happens behind the scenes, and today my guest again is Dr. Regina Lark, and I can't thank you enough for being here. I love that you asked me. I, I just love that. You know, it, you're one of those people that when I first met you, like within a nanosecond, yeah, I was yeah. like, this woman is like freakishly brilliant, <laughs> you know, and, and unabashed about your accomplishments and your pedigree is ridiculous. And I do have a bunch of questions to ask you, but I am intrigued by the whole disorganizational. What is that? You specialize in disorganizational management or? Well, kind of hard to manage too much stuff. <laughs> uh, I So I started a company 13 years ago, and I quickly became aware that not everybody is like me. What do you mean <laughs> They're by just that? not wired. The, my brain, I, I was born with a brain type that is, um, uh, I would say, neurotypical okay. versus neurodiverse. Okay. And people with a neurodiverse brain are often super smart, really talented, creative, brilliant. They just can't hang up their freaking clothes. I think that's my dad. <laughs> Seriously. And, and Kara is raising her hand. <laughs> I, I, I affectionately call them the idiot savants, right? And it has to do with your relationship with time. Mm -hmm. Your ability to sequence, plan, process, your um, distractibility. So uh, is this like the ADHD factor? Well, it's, it, it is, we see this in AD, folks with ADHD mm -hmm. who are, are uh, neurodiverse. 
the part of the brain that is all about planning, processing, emotional management, time management, all that comes from this executive function part of the brain. Mm -hmm. So The neurotypical functions? I think of my executive function as a smart woman with a business suit and a briefcase taking Regina everywhere she needs to go, on time, all the time, every time. Mm -hmm. The folks that call a professional organizer, they're, they're just not wired that way. Got it. And so when we talk about chronic disorganization, mm-hmm. neurodiverse folks um, are usually those who, when they were a kid, their, their, uh, their parent or their guardian said, go clean your room. Mm-hmm. And then you get into your room and you're like, la, 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 la. <laughs> There's so many other interesting things I'd rather do than clean my room. Uh, and, and, uh, and so the folks who call us um, are known Mm-hmm. for not being organized. And they've just had this sort of lifelong relationship with stuff and not knowing what to do with the stuff. And in fact, we declutter these folks of all the books they have on how to get organized. Wow. True. Wow. True. It's interesting because before I met you, I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about the the psychology and the brain physiology mm-hmm, that is involved mm-hmm. in in this this life of disorder. And I don't know if I shared with you, I've sold one hoarder home, and it was really revelatory because her this person's emotional relationship to all of this stuff mm-hmm. and her emotional upheaval when other people came and disrupted her stuff was heartbreaking. Yeah, you know, the really hoarding was- disorder is. Um- in terms of uh, severity, mm-hmm. can be as as um, impactful as psychosis. It is. Um, it's how they were wired at birth, mm-hmm. and I find it to be a very um, tragic disorder. In that, once it reaches particular proportions of of volume. Mm-hmm. The house becomes unsafe and uninhabitable. Right. And the person with the hoarding disorder, their brain isn't quite tracking unsafe, uninhabitable. Right. The ability to see the salience of what's going on mm-hmm. is diminished. So we could talk for days about this. This I is mean, a semester length class. Right. Wow. Well, it's no wonder that you are a PhD. It makes sense. Um, and, and not to not to divert away from all the nuance of this, but I'm curious because pan, the pandemic has forced a lot of us indoors with our stuff. Mm-hmm. So since the pandemic, have you seen any additional trends emerging in the terms, especially when it comes to seniors that are in these situations or moving? Well, you know, I, I um, because we work with the chronically disorganized, mm-hmm. there's always been a lot of stuff. Mm. I, I think the trend are uh, the trend is a, a, a lot of Amazon boxes, yeah, uh, like my house. Well, <laughs> well, I didn't see that. Um, a lot of uh, Amazon boxes that haven't been broken down yet, and why haven't they been broken down? Because that's a brain function function for time management. Wow. Because if you don't plan to break down the boxes, they're not going to get broken down. That's interesting. So for older adults. One of the trends, I guess I have seen trends. One of the trends mm-hmm. I've seen um, due to COVID, back up, prior to COVID, a lot of young people moved to California to be with their parents. Okay. The complete opposite seems to have happened. We really? moved a lot of older adults out of California 
to the Carolinas, to Maine, to Utah, to uh, Arizona, not mm-hmm. that far. Mm-hmm. And adult parents want to be closer to their kids. The kids don't necessarily want to be closer to their parent because the amount of space available to you in New Hampshire is completely different than the amount of space um, available to you in West Los Angeles. Fair, right. We sell houses here by the square inch. Yes. It's crazy. Interesting. So are you seeing multi-generations that are moving to lower cost areas or just the elderly? Just the older folks. Yeah. All right, so then that's a great segue into when someone's planning a move of either somebody who is um, has dysfunction or is aging. Mm-hmm. So what are common mistakes people make when they're getting ready for such a landmark move? <laughs> they uh, realize uh, a week before the moving van's coming mm-hmm. that <laughs> there's no way yes. that they're going to be able to declutter and pack themselves and so what happens is that they will err on the side of caution and they will just pack everything so whenever i get a call of somebody who needs an unpack i ask (laughs) did you have time to declutter before you packed oh no we just we just took everything so it'll change the cost of the unpack because often that means we have to do a lot of sorting and discarding so they wow. so the expense mm-hmm. of bringing over everything right and you usually pay by the pound yeah. when you're moving across yeah. country so you've paid twice now yeah wow. uh, is mitigated by your so again i have to keep going back to people with brain based conditions mm-hmm. if you have lousy time management skills what you have is a lousy time horizon so mm-hmm. you don't see you see an oncoming train, mm-hmm. but if it's not smashing you down, mm-hmm. it's way out there. Manana, manana, yeah, yeah. manana. So, okay, so obviously the person that has the brain that functions differently than yours needs you or someone like you, sure. or they're going to be incapable of getting themselves organized for such a massive transition. And yeah. I don't care who you are. Moving your house is a massive yeah. transition. So what are some of the best practices for you or someone facilitating such a move to get them ready. As soon as you know mm-hmm. you're going to move, mm-hmm. start planning for that. So most of us don't wake up in the morning and go, ah, I'm going to put my place up for sale today. Right. So as soon as you know, you've got to create it as a, a, um, a project that needs to be managed. Yeah. So as soon as you know, do a walkthrough of your space, take stock of what, what's there, mm-hmm. and either take stock of what you know will never live with you again, or you know has to be with you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, the has to be with you for the rest of your life pile is a bit smaller. Hopefully, yes, <laughs> so. yes. Well, and the hoarders have a very hard time with that. As well, I and I, um, I'm kind of a language nut, and so it's people who hoard. Mm, sorry. Not, that's okay. Yeah. It's, it's not who they are, it's what they have. People who hoard, that's a very different relationship to the move. Mm-hmm. All people who hoard are chronically disorganized. Not all chronically disorganized people have a hoarding disorder. That makes sense. So chronic disorganization is really happening um, in a bigger way. So 5 to 7% of the population has a hoarding disorder. A lot more That's people. a big number. It is a big number. But a lot more people are chronically disorganized because of a neurodiverse brain. 
ADHD, anxiety, depression, whatever knocks you off your game when it comes to planning, processing, managing your relationship with time and emotions. Mm -hmm. Because the emotional part of of getting ready to move, as you can imagine, mm -hmm. I mean, you see this, All Wendy, you see this everywhere. There's a hesitancy to move because of place, because of what the four walls represent, mm -hmm. not the four walls. No, no. But our relationship to our space is highly emotional. And I think COVID amplified that for sure. all of us. All yeah. of us started realizing, I literally feel safe here. This is literally yeah. my safe place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whereas before, we may have been a little bit more disconnected from mm -hmm. it, all of us. And and yes, I see this with everyone. Um, and, and what's interesting is even pre-COVID, I was surprised at how many parents were unprepared for how difficult a move is on their children. Because yeah. children, it's like, this is all they've ever known. This has always been Timmy's room. Right. You know, and so it can, it, there can be a bit of an upheaval. So, Well, I will say, um, if Timmy is 30, <laughs> then Timmy needs to either pay rent or get their stuff out, you know, <laughs> and stop calling him Timmy. <laughs> Regina says, get the hell out. <laughs> but I see that a lot. Older adults continue to house and contain their adult children's stuff mm -hmm. who also have a challenging relationship with time and emotions. ADHD is often um, genetic. Oh, interesting. I didn't so know. So if they have <laughs> the peanut gallery over here is, is, is nodding. Um, if they, if it's a family of ADHDers, mm -hmm. then the adult children do, they have stuff at their parents' house. Mm -hmm. There's got to be a family meeting, and this is how you prep for the move, the especially if you're meeting. an old, you've got to have a family meeting to talk through what are the adult kids going to take to their place. Well, they don't have the room, then get a storage. I mean, again, these conversations are not easy for a lot of people, but they have to be had because if you're moving and you want to do it efficiently and in a cost-effective way, you've got to have the conversations. You've got to have the strategy in advance. I obviously have many more questions, but first, Paul, can you do us a favor and tell us a bit about our sponsor this week? Absolutely. You have surrounded yourself uh, with good people from the beginning, like your guest today here. I mean, I'm just fascinated. I'm hiding a little bit because I think she's talking about me sometimes here. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else has that reaction. But uh, you've definitely got some good people on your team, and one of them is certainly your sponsor, Ford and Diulio. Ford and Diulio is an Orange County-based boutique litigation firm with experienced attorneys from big law firms. Partners who founded Ford and Diulio on the concept of aligned interests, where their success is related to your success, where they're rewarded for being efficient and effective, and where they engage in the relentless pursuit of their customers' goals, whether it's in litigation, mediation, or at trial. If that's what you're seeking an attorney, if you want somebody who's going to go all out for you, then go find them at FordDiulio.com, F O R D D I U. L-I-O, FordDiulio.com. Okay, Wendy, back to you. All right, so I've always wondered this, and I'm so glad it was on my list of questions to ask <laughs> you. Garage sale or estate sale, which is better and why? Well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> One of the services that we brought into our company is called the, it's the Max Sold Online Estate Sale Auction. Okay. So much to say about it. So first, garage you sale. No, mic. no, no garage sale. Okay. It's such a it's such a, a time suck of your 
your emotions and your resources and you really you you're going to stand in your garage trying to get something to buy something you've been using for 10 years and you want them to buy it for more than the dollar that they're offering you it's i, I just don't see it as a good use of our time I mean, and efficiency being your thing well, i can see I why mean, that would be irksome and we're talking you know you're working with professionals mm-hmm. and you're working with people who are um they have a hell of a lot more to do than nickel and dime the garden hose so <laughs> uh let, let's put it this way if you really have to get money out of the selling of your items mm-hmm then I think a good way to do that is with this, this Canadian company called Max Sold. Really? Because you can, um, you can lot your own items. And the thing about Max Sold is everything starts for a dollar and people bid for 10 days. Oh, interesting. Rather than having an estate sale company do a split with you, mm-hmm. which I know is fine. One of the reasons we started doing the online estate sale auctions is because I had not, I had not yet come across an auction company that I liked and knew and trusted and wanted to refer. Mm-hmm. So Max Sold offers a platform. So if you need the money, right for your move or to, whatever, for whatever, mm-hmm. with Max Sold you will come close, break even, or make money. But at least you will mitigate the cost of getting yourself out. Got it. If you don't need the money, um, just just gather it all up and bring it to your your donation centers, Habitat for Humanity. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much need out there, mm-hmm. and um, so I I'd like to speak to the need. You know, I, I want to move toward the need. Right. Right. And, Especially now. I mean, there are so many haves and have-nots. Yeah. And so if we have surplus stuff, why not? Sure. Um, And something, I have so many questions, but one question that just has been burning a hole in my brain since I met you (laughs) is I went into an open house that another broker I know, really sweet guy, was letting me see before it hit the market. It was a probate situation and people had aged out of this home and it had many, Mm. many, many fine pieces of art. There were Mm -hmm. air Mm tays on the wall everywhere. And I was dying going, is this an original? Or no, this is a limited edition. Is this a serograph or lithograph? But even if it was a serograph or a reproduction, they had thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of art on the walls. And the broker didn't even know. Right. So if you're working with a company like Max Sold Estates and you do send them a picture of whatever, are there people there that will say, hey, hang on, this is really valuable or who, who no. runs interference on that? Um, well, in my company, we do. Okay. So I have a team of what we call the ninja organizers and they are astute. And we've been doing this for a long time. So mm-hmm. we'll walk into a property and we'll see some really cool stuff. Right. Like, wow. You'll either see cool stuff or you'll hear that there's a family story Mm. about an antique you know these are antiques and they they may be able to document but we'll see cool stuff when i see the cool stuff i take pictures and i send them to our referral partners at john moran auction mm. abel auction uh sotheby's and i'll show I'll, I'll show my friend joe at at uh abel's and i'll say what do you think of this yeah. and yeah. he'll say pass or what's the address wow so we try to give the family 
of course, the benefit of the doubt when it comes to value, because mm -hmm. the max sold auction, everything starts at $1 and people bid right. for 10 days. Right. So we listen to the family in terms of the stories about the stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we are developing a sense of savvy and, and, and we'll miss the mark. And we have people that will buy the things on Max Soul that are kind of blown away. When they that, realize what they've got. Yeah. But I have not had a case where it was the $10,000 right, right, right. Um, whatever ring or, or something that, that got sold for $10. We haven't had that. Mm -hmm. Some of the collections. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. It really is. And just going through a home like that and excavating someone's life, I mean, there is a sense of reverence that you get because some of these things are just irreplaceable and, and they've know. carried them around the world. And like, I still cry when I think about this gorgeous Finnish baking table that my father mm. got from his grandparents who brought it from Finland because I'm only second generation American. We're all immigrants, right? And it's this glorious baking table with, you know, the curved metal drawers that mm. tilt out because mm -hmm. when the flour's in there, it's too heavy to mm -hmm. pull a drawer out. And, and there's a bullet hole through one of them. I'm like, I want to know the story. Who shot off? The <laughs> <laughs> Who shot the gun in the kitchen? But but yeah, these are these are the artifacts of our lives that are that are so important. And it's so cool that you've got a team of people that can help people um, yeah. prioritize and understand and value and, and move that to the next happy place, ideally. All right. Well, I, I could go on all day, and I will insist upon you coming back again to talk more. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but until then, I want to ask some other questions about you, because I've had a chance to hang out with you at my house and get to know you a little bit and you know, break bread, but other folks don't know you. So let's talk about Regina, Dr. Lark. What city do you call home? West L.A. How long have you lived there? 14 years. What do you love about it? I can walk to Trader Joe's, the cleaners, uh, before COVID, the gym. Now I figured out my own thing, so I don't need to know. <laughs> uh, I can walk to my friend Amy's, and we can do a walk. I like the location, and I'm near two freeways. Nice. Mm -hmm. So you can get to your clients easily, but... Everywhere. I think you said the word walk five times. I walk. I'm a walker. It's fantastic. 100 miles a month. That's the beautiful thing about living in an urban environment. Exactly. I kind of <laughs> and miss LA. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, when I lived in San Francisco and Seattle, I was in the best shape of my life because yeah. you could walk everywhere. It's yeah. great. You had the market, like you said, and walk to the market. Walk to Trader Joe's, CVS. I love it. And if you overshop, then you're schlepping back all this heavy stuff, and you get your which keeps you from <laughs> overshopping. <laughs> Stick to the list. <laughs> I do not need that extra gallon of milk. No, no. Oh my goodness. So speaking of stuff. What's your most treasured possession? In 2009, I walked onto my campsite at the Michigan Women's Music Festival. Wow. And I know. And my sister, Angel, my sister Darren, who got there before me because she worked the festival, across the bushes in front of my campsite she draped a series of peace flags oh. in different languages. Really? And that hangs on my wall in my living room. So when I come in my front door, the first thing I see are my peace flags. And I would say that's my most treasured possession. That's incredible. My peace flags. Did she acquire these flags from different places or no, did she make I, this for you? She, you could buy them. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, they were strung together. Yeah. And, and, uh, but I loved, 
I love seeing that as I walked mm-hmm. up to the campsite. And then I, I love having them on my wall. How lovely. Great question. What a cool sister. Yeah. So I know that you've done many things. You know, I love that you're an expert in women's studies. I love that you're an expert in how the brain works and organization. Um, I love that you're a three-time author. We've got to talk about your book. Um, Having done so many things, what do you consider your greatest achievement so far? I love my new book. Oh. (laughs) Tell us about it. (laughs) This book is a... A book? Why, yes. (laughs) That book. This book brings together all of these areas of expertise that you just mentioned about me. So it's my women's history hat, my life as a professional organizer, Mm -hmm. and then everything I've learned to date about the brain. And I was able to do that. Yeah. I really... Because those do seem like fairly disparate things. Sure. But when I left higher ed i was laid off from a job i left higher ed i started the organizing company and my very first business card Mm -hmm. i didn't put the phd on there because well you know i'm not doing that anymore and i felt like i had come down in the world oh it was a it was a a heavy transition for me which lasted about a week, but... Good for you. I mean, it really, I... So what did I learn? My very first networking meeting, Mm -hmm. I give my card to somebody, and she goes, oh, professional organizing. She goes, did you, do you have a degree in that? And I said, well, no, actually, I have a doctorate in history. She goes, how come that's not on your card? Good for her. And I thought, she goes, you know what? It's a different card with it on it. Mm-hmm. So I've been able to play around with it. PhD stands for piled higher and deeper. <laughs> and, you know, uh, so you, when in the world of higher ed, everybody I associated with also had a PhD. Right. So there didn't seem to be anything unique about it. In order to have entree into that world, that was the expectation. Sure. Outside of that world, with a PhD, people go, oh. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's, a, there's a perception that I may be smart. I don't know if that's always accurate, but, but the perception, perception is there. The perception is there. For sure. So, yeah. Well, and I have to assume, I, I, I don't know, but I have to assume that it elevates you a bit because there are people who are going to think, oh, she's an organizer. She likes making things tidy and yeah. pretty because that's what girls do. Yeah. Right? And it's light years from that so light years. it is so so light years from that all i can say is that we haven't even begun to touch the tip of the iceberg that is dr lark so <laughs> i'm going to drag you back here so we, we can talk more about this iceberg but uh, we're going to have to wrap it up for today last question and then we're going ri- to ring off and do you have a personal motto and if so what is it i have two well one is i, I can't believe i'm drawing a blank here One for sure is conceive, believe, and achieve. Whatever the brain can conceive and believe, it will achieve. Mm -hmm. And the other is do not label, judge, or resent yourself or somebody else. Those are great. Really great. You're a sage. I am. And you're our sage. (laughs) All right. I'm going to have to give Paul back his studio, but uh, hopefully everyone can join us next week for our holiday edition. We're going to have a little bit of fun. 
And uh, please follow Veracity Real Estate on Instagram and LinkedIn. We are going to have this show up soon.